Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. You know what our uh, mainstream media reminds me of? A flock of sheep being chased around by an Australian sheepdog. They just change direction. Wherever they go, they say the same thing. And I'm not trying to... I guess I am. I'm challenging what's being reported only because there's only one perspective being reported on on this executive action by Donald Trump. It's bad, it's awful, it's terrible, he's horrible, he's this and that, the other, this that politician disagrees with that. Now the federal NDP in Canada wants to have an emergency session of parliament, and on and on it goes. There are perspectives to review, and then you have opinions. And if you're a reporter, you keep your opinion to yourself. If you do what I do, you share opinions. I just Anyway, uh, so we're continuing with our discussion on the Donald Trump executive action, which would bar admission to the United States for 90 days for any refugee claimant and for an indefinite period of time for any refugee claimant from Syria. Also, a 120-day ban for anyone from the seven countries, you know them all by now, in the Middle East and North Africa, a 120-day ban for anyone entering the United States. So we spoke earlier of the fact that what, who, the people who got caught in the middle, the people who are already in transit, who have American green cards and uh, or had visas um, and found themselves in handcuffs in airports, at least that was all reported. That's unfair. I mean, that is unfair. But the president of the United States has the legal right to make the decision that he made. And who told us that? Stephen Legomsky. The chief, former chief counsel of the Office for Citizenship and Immigration Services under Barack Obama. You told us that yesterday. We had the clip. We played it last hour. We may play it a little later as well. Mr. Trudeau, our prime minister, who frankly has been underwhelming on a national level. I mean, his tour was a disaster. We'll talk about the tour next hour. But the prime minister made some, did something interesting yesterday when he countermanded, almost as it were, the executive action of the President of the United States by saying, if you're a refugee and you're trying to get out of where you are, now you can't go to the United States, come here. You're welcome in Canada where diversity is our strength. Canadians will welcome you. So that's a point of contention. And the question is, what is he saying? Is he saying this is for a limited period of time or is he giving an Angela Merkel type invitation? And that's what people are asking. Richard Curland, immigration lawyer, told us last hour that he believes it's, it's a limited invitation by the prime minister. Dr. Zudi Jasser is the co-founder of the Muslim Reform Movement in the uh, United States. He's a former lieutenant, gen- lieutenant general. I was just, how the hell do you get a lieutenant general in the Navy? Uh, lieutenant commander, lieutenant commander in the U.S. Navy. He's the past president of the Arizona Medical Association, and he's the author of the Battle for the Soul of Islam. He's been on the air with us many times over the years. I guess you didn't know, Zodi, there's the rank of lieutenant general in the Navy. Why don't I push the right yeah. button for a change? Uh, yeah, lieutenant general. Yeah. 
Sudi, good to have you back with us. Oh, it's great to be with you, Roy. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's always good to have conversations that are rational about what we're actually dealing with rather than the hysteria. Well, thank you. It's interesting. I had a, uh, received an email from a gentleman who defined himself as Muslim uh, earlier, and he says, I agree with both Trump and Trudeau. Uh, he says the, he agrees with tr- the decision Trump has taken, but he disagrees with the fact that people who are already in transit and had valid documentation to be in the United States find themselves intercepted in, in midstream. Um, what's your thinking on that? And remind us, please, what's your, what's your, what are your views of the executive action undertaken by the president? Well, I, I think your, your listener in the emails is right on target. Uh, and the issue has to do with, you know, uh, Senator uh, Lindsey Graham and Senator McCain put out a letter today basically telling the administration, listen, we want to keep our borders safe. You're doing it. Uh, your intentions are correct. But just whipping out an executive order without vetting it through Homeland Security and State Department, et cetera, about how folks on the ground will interpret it is problematic and ends up actually causing problems that uh, were unintended consequences. And that's really what's happening is that there's been a lot of misinterpretation by staff. There's nothing about Muslim in the executive order. Even President Carter, one of the most uh, uh, you know dovish presidents we've ever had, uh, stopped immigration from Iran at the time of the conflict and the hostage crisis. Uh, that wasn't a anti-Muslim issue. It was the fact that we were in conflict in these havens. And it's funny how we Muslims, yes, we're maybe only 1% of the population in America, but we forget it's a quarter of the world's population. So it's almost as if any of the 56 majority countries, if we're at conflict with certain movements within them, then that all of a sudden becomes an anti-Muslim issue. It's a partisan hysteria, if you will. Our position on this, Roy, is that uh, we should welcome Muslims that share our values. And the messaging is very important since that's part of the conflict that's been ignored. But we should also uh, say we are not going to be haven for those who believe in theocracy, who believe in Islamic State jihadism, if you will. I am surprised Saudi Arabia, Qatar was not included. The response from the administration has been, well, they're a little better in betting, et cetera. I don't think so. I mean, the founding fathers of ISIS, for all practical purposes, are the Saudis and the Qataris and even the AKP of Turkey. So... You know, it's uh, interesting that this has been sort of implemented so quickly. Uh, the answers to some of the granular uh, practical issues on the ground are, are still all left open. Zudi, how can they say that the Qataris and the Saudis are better at vetting because neither Saudi Arabia nor Qatar nor Kuwait nor Bahrain nor uh, Oman nor the United Arab Emirates have taken in any Syrian refugees? So how can they be better at vetting? They've never taken any in. Exactly. You're stating the obvious, which should be what's been talked about in the media. Not only have they not taken in, how can the narrative all of a sudden be? You have Senator Schumer and others just screaming that, oh, this is going to inflame the militants, and they're they're putting forth a two-page letter that uh, Iran put out there, their Islamic Supreme Council, scolding us about how this is a gift to the radicals now because America is blocking all Muslims and it'll radicalize. I mean, this coming from the leaders of the most... Uh, oppressive, free, open-air prison on the planet, which is Iran, they're telling us now that that's going to inflame radicals, while when the Saudis and others and their own country don't take any in, and in fact their country is fueling the genocide by Assad, that doesn't seem to cause any inflammation of the militants. But no, we putting a pause, and that's probably my only criticism, is that I don't understand why the Syria was indefinite. 
but the other countries are simply a pause. I mean, if anything, Syria should we should say that we want to help the refugees that uh, need to to come to freedom and liberty, but and Syria shouldn't be sort of carved out of that since other countries are just as threatening as Syria when it comes to jihadism is concerned. And why would the Democratic minority leader in the Senate give more credibility to the uh, to the to Iranian government's position than that of his own government? Because his access, he doesn't even look at what Iran's saying. He doesn't. His access of conversation and thought is how do I get to the Republicans? How do I destabilize the current administration so that they don't succeed. And uh, it's not, you know, that's where the hashtag not my president came from and all this nonsense. When, in fact, if you look at the data the past few years, uh, President Obama has barely let 10 to 15,000 in from Syria. There was a, a block from any immigrants from Iraq for six months that was never called a Muslim ban. The numbers, all, all President Trump is doing is decreasing them from 100 to 50,000. Now, I might disagree, actually, with that. I think once we get the vetting against ideologies like Islamism and jihadism done, then I think we should, you know, still be leading the world in sort of uh, bringing in those who want to share our values. But having said that, the, the facts belie the, the hysteria that the left is using to, again, use us Muslims as a wedge rather than dealing with the issue globally, uh, but simply as a political uh, ping pong ball. Yeah, I uh, I was also looking at that uh, Quinnipiac poll that was released on the 12th of January. We've been talking about this. 48% of Americans said uh, they support, quote, suspending immigration from terror-prone regions, even if it means turning away refugees. 42% disagreed with that, but 48% agreed with it, and 10% had no opinion. And we spoke earlier with Richard Curland, a national immigration lawyer in Canada, Zudi, and I was asking Richard what he thought the motivation of the uh, of the U.S. president was, and we were kicking around a little bit, and he said something about the lower courts turning against the president, and I said, well, hold on, this thought occurs to me that he's a very clever politician, maybe part of the, this is just the conversation we were having, uh, maybe part of the thinking is the lower courts turn against him on this, and then when he brings forward his Supreme Court nomination, he can say, look, you can't trust the lower courts, so we have to go forward with the nomination that I'm putting forward, and it creates a more stable platform for President Trump for a Supreme Court nomination. But maybe I'm being too Tom Clancy here. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was thought out that much, especially with all of the executive <laughs> orders they did this week. But at the end of the day, you know, every war we fought has had both the, the, the fear of those refugees from those areas, and whether it be World War II. Uh, and I thought it was actually a bit poor timing to sign this on the Holocaust Remembrance Day uh, since uh, the, the moral equivalency is just not there. I, I don't think they intended that, but uh, that's how it ended up. But yeah. whether it be World War II, the Vietnam War, we were fighting enemies that were part of those nation states that wanted to destroy us. But also within them were some of the greatest, ended up being some of the immigrants who are the greatest patriots we have in this country that we uh, basically defeated, not only militarily, but ideologically. And if we need to fight on both of those battlefronts, we can't let the, the political landscape domestically, be it about Supreme Court picks, be it about uh, health care, whatever it is, to use the Muslim issue as a wedge to then prevent us from having a global ideological response 
that needs to both be strong on the battlefront militarily, but also strong ideologically and say, hold on, we're not going to let people come in that just simply are vetted against terror groups, but rather against the conveyor belt of the cauldrons that brew jihadists, which is a massive global movement. Can you stay with us a few minutes longer? Sure. I have to take a break. We will come back with Dr. Zudi Jasser, the co-founder of the Muslim Reform Movement in the United States and the founder and president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. He's also the author of Battle for the Soul of Islam, a former lieutenant commander in the United States Navy and past president of the Arizona Medical Association. Stay with us. Direct, hard-hitting, no-holds-barred. The Rory Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. The webpage is RoyGreenShow.com. It's not been behaving the last couple of days. If you want to listen back to any segment of the program, go to RoyGreenShow.com. If it doesn't respond right away, keep trying. It's being grumpy. Uh, at Ian Berg tweets, Thank you for providing the most thoughtful, even-handed coverage of Trump's executive action on refugees. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate that. It's always, it's always much simpler for me to uh, get a great perspective when I have a terrific guest, and that is Dr. Zudi Jasser, the co-founder of the American Muslim Reform Movement. Zudi, we've been talking for 10 years, I think, um, at least 10 years. And how far have we, how far has this whole issue come? How much progress has been made in the 10 years of the issue of understanding um, the, the need of uh, the uh, that the Muslim reform movement puts forward, just the things we've been talking about. How far have we come? Well, you know, as, as a physician, I'm an eternal optimist, uh, despite any disease that faces uh, treatment. So uh, I think we've made progress. You know, there, an old uh, wealthy businessman in America, Peter Drucker, said, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. So, you know, the cultural shifts in America, and as we see now with the celebrity president using Twitter to bypass media, et cetera, in some good ways as a disruptor, but in other ways as a bit of a chaotic thing. Um, I, I think we've made progress. I think Americans, Canadians, folks in the West, despite the narrative that it's a binary choice between either Muslims are wonderful or they're each a, a possible terrorist, both narratives are wrong. There is a third path, which is 90% of Westerners are sort of confused into, well, what's the solution? It's not just violence. I think we are making progress into the West beginning to realize that Islam is in that time in history that our founding fathers were in fighting theocracy, and we need to work with Muslims that are against theocracy and work against or at least marginalize, not take away their rights, but marginalize those who are trying to prevent us from dealing with the ideas, be it Sharia and inequality of men and women, uh, the Sharia that says that uh, uh, blasphemy laws should be invoked, etc. Those things need to be countered, and we're beginning, I think, to peel that onion. How useful or how unhelpful was the tweet by Justin Trudeau, Canada's prime minister, when he tweeted, essentially, if you've been stopped, as there is someone seeking refugee status, if you've been stopped by the executive action by President Trump, come to Canada. You're welcome here. It's, you know, I... <laughs> I can't tell you how harmful that is. It's, it's as harmful as it was when 
Prime Minister Trudeau went to a mosque that has significant gender apartheid, where women were in the back of the mosque, and he referred to them as the sisters upstairs. And uh, in a, he, he said it in a, in a funny, loving way, but ultimately it was very patronizing to those women in the Muslim community that don't want to be sort of nameless upstairs, but want to be in the front of mosques, want to be in the boards of mosques. So this sort of blind negligence to some key battlefronts of ideas and incompatibilities between Western thought of equality and uh, uh, versus the theocratic sort of medieval interpretations of Islam that dominate, you know, for him to, to use that tweet to divide Canada from America, when in fact, we share so many values that are key in this battle, where he should embrace reformists like Muslims for a Better Tomorrow and Raheel Raza and others, you know, rather than embracing those Muslims trying to get his attention, he's basically using it to rile up the left that he, you know, believe that Muslims are the victim and that Canada will be the savior for the identity politic of, of Muslim victimization. And that's just, that's not going to help Canadian security. And I don't think it helps the values that he purports to represent, which is feminism, gay rights, social ideas, uh, et cetera. If he really believes in those left values, then he'd be working with us too. Zudi, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. Yesterday and today, you're a full-time physician. You have a family. I guess they don't see you very much because you're on television everywhere and you're on radio everywhere and you're bringing forward the message of the Muslim reform movement in the United States. So you're, I say this to you, you've, you've earned it. You're, you're a really exceptional person and uh, you make a big, big difference in the explanation of the situation and the issue as we need to understand it. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. It's all about legacy, and uh, we have to keep ourselves secure, but also maintain our values. So thank you. I appreciate it. All the best. We'll talk soon. Dr. Zudi Jasser on The Green Show on the Corus Radio Network. He really is an exceptional person. So not very much support for Justin Trudeau's position from Dr. Jasser, saying, as you heard, that it, uh, it divides more than it unites. One of the things I hate is when you watch somebody give a political speech the talking heads on TV have to tell you what they just said. You just watched it. So you don't need to be told what the person just said. So I'm not going to repeat what Dr. Jasser said, other than to say, he said there's no nothing really helpful in what Justin Trudeau tweeted out yesterday. I'm going to come back to your calls at 1-800-263-2428. When we come back, 1-800-263-2428. Who do you support? Donald Trump or Justin Trudeau? Side-by-side leaders of side-by-side neighbor countries, allies? One takes one position, one takes the other position. Who do you support? Trump or Trudeau? 1-800-263-2428. Your calls when we come back.